0: Welcome to the Swike Podcast, the only podcast that shares the stuff you didn't know you needed to know about jobs, careers, and life. The Swike Podcast, the stuff I wish I knew earlier. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier, the podcast we have here uh, another guest host, Ellie, who's gonna give us a little bit of her background and uh, she comes to us as uh, a biology grad who is, uh, well, wants to share a little bit of her career path. Uh, I don't wanna spoil too much, but uh, if you can tell us a little bit about what you're doing now and then we'll get into a little bit about your background so that folks can get an understanding of your path and your career journey.
1: Certainly. Thanks very much, Luki. Uh, So my name is Ellie. Right now I work at a company called GlaxoSmithKline. Um, I'll call it GSK for the rest of this conversation. And what I do there, or rather GSK is a company that makes medicines. And what I do there is I work in a department called regulatory affairs. So I'm currently a regulatory affairs associate at GSK, and I'm also completing my master's in biotechnology at the University of Toronto, Mississauga. Um, And immediately prior to that, I also finished my bachelor in science in molecular biology at U of T Scarborough campus. So that's me in 20 seconds. Uh, Luki, looking forward for you to grill me more. (laughs)
0: No, that's amazing. And and what uh, I like to do is find a little bit more about you. So have. The audience kind of relate to your background so this is probably more geared towards the uh, biology folks right so those uh, in, in um, kind of high school or earlier that are contemplating that route uh, so we'd love to know a little bit about you uh, as a kid like were you always interested in bio or did you have other interests and, and how did you end up kind of picking the school that you went to the the, the program uh, and, and what was kind of the journey up until like uh, the, the workforce and then where you are right now?
1: Certainly, that's a great question. So I can say that the way that I was brought up definitely influenced my decision uh, to end up at U of T. Uh, first and foremost, I always knew that as when when I was growing up, I knew that university was the pathway for me, um, not necessarily because I understood what university entailed, but because my father had went to university, um, and my grandfather had also went to university. So it was definitely ingrained into me that This is what you do. You go to high school and then you go to university. Education Um, is
0: the path, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I I definitely do have some thoughts on that, you know, uh, (laughs) thinking back. But that was the path that I knew. And then to get a little bit more specific about it, when I was growing up, um, my father was definitely uh, really, really interested in nature and spending time outdoors. And he also has a biology degree. Mm -hmm. So I definitely can see a lot of influence. um, Thinking back to it, where I was a kid, he would teach me about things in nature outside. Uh, We would go hiking a lot. And that definitely taught me to appreciate and see the natural world around me. Now going into high school is when we had to start thinking about what university we're going to go to and what we might major in. Um, And again, I I had this idea ingrained into me that the natural path was to go into university and then do your bachelor's degree and then do your master's degree and then do your PhD. So I was always on this path where I, I think I kind of had an idea about what I should be doing, what I ought to be doing. I don't think I took enough time to stop and think about why I was going on this path, Right. but I knew that this was the path that seemed like the natural choice for me. Um, in terms of choosing which university to go to, I definitely had a time um, when I was, you know, 16, 17, 18, where I wanted the university experience. I wanted to go to parties and try doing illegal things at parties and, you know, living with my friends and making new friends. Um, But I ended up staying in Scarborough um, at my parents' house and going to University of Toronto Scarborough um, because it was way cheaper to live at home. (laughs) So a big part of my decision was definitely spurred by the finances there. Um, and the other aspect is that U of T Scarborough is one of the universities that offers a co-op program. Right. And having been a teenager and having some work experience already as a teen um, made me really, really appreciative of how valuable those skills are that you gain in the workplace. I definitely wanted to go to UN, a university that had a co-op program. So it was definitely a combination of growing up and knowing that university was the path Um, again, debatable, and then um, wanting to stay home and save money, and then also valuing the co-op experience, which is what made me go to U of T and begin to study biology.
0: So so what was the thought process? So if I was uh, like a grade 12 uh, and and thinking of that path, uh, how do I go about or how did you go about choosing schools so so one there's a proximity location (laughs) that type of thing uh there was the the co-op part of it um so that narrowed the the field a little bit and then then you went into like a specific type like molecular biology I I don't know how diverse biology is but there's a whole bunch of them like is that something you pick later on or or do you have to like enroll in that uh there so how, how do you help if you can help someone kind of in that process okay They might be in your headspace thinking about a a place to go to one of the schools to choose like what are some of the factors that went into your decision
1: that's an excellent question so at u of t uh luckily there's a little bit less pressure about your major because you don't have to pick your major or uh, your specialist in my case you don't have to pick that until the end of your first year okay um everyone is enters in a general bucket like if you wanted to enter the arts or the life sciences or management or maths, maybe uh, you enter into that general bucket, um, but you don't pers- pick you don't pick the specific type of biology or what have you until the end of first year.
0: Okay.
1: Um, what's cool about biology is that there's so many different types of biology that you can study. You can study from a very big level, which is, for example, you know, you can study. Um, ecosystems and how they work and how everything in nature works together and that's kind of related to like climate science for example Um, or you can get down to the very small level and study something like biochemistry uh, which is a very very small level of how you know proteins and chemicals all interact with each other to make something wonderful right Um, I chose molecular biology um, which is like the study of our genetics our DNA and how that makes us who we are um, because that was one of the programs at U of T, which had a co-op appended to it. Mm. So I, I definitely really, really valued the co-op. And I said, I want a major that I can get a co-op experience with. And molecular bio was one of them.
0: Cool. And in, in the decision process, so, so how much uh, when, and you mentioned there was some influence where you kind of felt that that path, but was there like a, a direct influence saying like your parents said thou shalt <laughs> go to, to this or is it more like an implicit one? Because I found that growing up that uh, a lot of folks, they, they feel that their parents would have supported them in any decision, but there was kind of this pressure to like, but you know what you want to do, right? <laughs> that, that sort of thing. Where were you on that spectrum?
1: That's a really, really good point. Um, I would say a lot of it was implicit in that I did have other interests Um, I'm really really interested in history I love history and learning about it but I didn't have any positive influences in my life I didn't know anybody who really did a history degree other than my high school history teacher but I wish I knew more people um, who had done that path because then I would have been able to see that you could do that kind of a degree and have a successful, meaningful job. So I I really only understood the career path of having a science degree and then ending up as a doctor nurse researcher. So I, I definitely wish that I, I understood more about the different types of things that you could study, but there was a lot of implicit um suggestion that science is, is the way to go. And I, I know I'm not the only one. I know it's a pretty common sentiment among parents. So I, I totally get it.
0: Yeah, it's, it's typical in, in um, different cultures, like Asian culture specifically. I, I've talked to folks about like the the deal or no deal, which is basically a uh, doctor, engineer, accountant, lawyer <laughs> is kind of what deal stands for. Uh, mm-hmm. So the doctors is usually on the forefront. So I can imagine yeah. a lot of folks going to to medicine and they automatically uh, assume that they'll they'll become a doctor or whatever, but there's a few other paths which probably get to in other episodes, but, Talk to me about some, some of the like milestones along the way, right? So, so you, you get into university, was that an easy process? Was, was your marks really good? And, and you had kind of your pick of, of everything uh, in front of you. And then what was the, the journey like within uh, university? Was it exactly what you expected? And, and it was kind of clear cut path? Or were there a couple of turns along the way that uh, uh, allowed you to, to end up where you, where you are right now?
1: Yeah, great question. Um, So thinking back to my last couple of years of high school, I was an, I was like an averagely good student. I wasn't (laughs) a a shining star. I was averagely good. Uh, (laughs) Nothing was exceptional about my brain, (laughs) (laughs) averagely good. Uh, So like good enough to get into U of T, uh, good enough to enroll in a co-op program. yeah, nothing exceptional on that front. But what I do remember about, you know, being, being a little bit surprised about when I did go from high school into university was that all the teachers warned us that in university, you're just a number and your professors mm. don't know you and you'll only be known by your student number. Ooh. And I found that when I went to U of T Scarborough, which is a, a smaller campus, that was absolutely not the case. Hmm. I was able to meet and make personal connections with so many professors. Um, professors knew my name. You could see people in the hallways and you know, you'd know you smile at them because they'd recognize you from other classes. So I would say that that was a really defining, um, and changing thing i remember going from high school into uni just like having those expectations shattered in a good way in the best way possible
0: that's great but but you did have some of those first year classes of like hundreds of students like those giant lecture halls and stuff it, it, like biology wasn't a smaller program it, it was still fairly large
1: yeah yeah it, it's one of the biggest programs and right. absolutely right i mean you remember uh, the ac223 lecture hall which is I don't know. See, it's like five hundred or something like that. Um, and you can be a nobody. You could be a nobody at university if you just show up, go to class, and then go home. Um, but it's entirely possible to make connections if you go to office hours and you put your yourself a little bit more forward in order to to engage. So you're right. Like you could blend in and. Really, be in you know lost in the crowd, but it's also very, very possible at U of T Scarborough, um Scarborough to make a name for yourself.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely blended in. <laughs> I don't think any of the professors really knew who I was, yeah. uh, and and even if if I go back and the professor says I was in your class, and and they'll like. I don't quite remember you, but maybe- well, it takes three, two but... to
1: tango, right?
0: <laughs> 100%, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I blame, I don't put any blame on them. It's it's a lot of it is, is my fault. But what yeah. I want to ask is, is as a kid growing up in high school, were you more outgoing? Or were you more introverted, shy? And, and that kind of carry forward in, in the university experience?
1: Yeah. Um, surprisingly, in high school, I genuinely thought that I was an introverted person. Okay, It turns out that I just, I, I guess I, I blended more with the folks who I met at university compared to high school. Okay. Um, so that was a really interesting self-discovery point where I thought I was one way, but it turned out it was just kind of the people who were around me. And then going to university and finding people who I related to a little bit more and discovering that I was actually a really extroverted person who loved other people. Okay. Um, that was a little bit interesting. So definitely had some preconceived notions that got challenged, but again, in the best way possible.
0: Can you describe like maybe that first time that that might have happened? Where I mean, you come in to, to university and you're like shy and introverted, besides the label you gave yourself, and then you meet these people, your your tribe, your your these these are my peeps, that sort of thing. And then now you're kind of outgoing and you're the life of the party, that sort of thing. Is there is there like a defining moment within there that kind of transitioned you, or was it, was it gradual or or something in between?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, I'm definitely not the life of the party, but <laughs> but I, I think I do bring some energy. Um, what I would say is that the orientation week at U of T was really really great because okay. that everybody was looking to make friends. I think everybody was in a state where they were if they were there if they were at orientation it meant that they were kind of open to to making some friendships. Mm-hmm. And so I definitely think back to was going up to random people and basically introducing myself and in in the first couple of weeks of uni when i would see people who you know i might have recognized them from multiple classes again it was it was really easy to introduce myself and say hey i saw you in in chem and bio what's your name mm-hmm. so that was definitely something that happened very very early on in uni for me and again, a very nice change to be able to meet new people um, because high school is you see the same people for four years and there's not much change over, but university just changes that up so completely, which is wonderful.
0: So it's almost like creating your own identity or whatever you wanted to be in, in orientation in the sense that, well, they didn't have to know you, you were an introvert. So you could go up and say hi, and, and that that's not necessarily uh, anything anything uh that carried from from your previous life as a, a high school student and it could be just uh like the people in the program just aligned with you a little bit more but sounds yeah. interesting so walk us through kind of the the journey towards graduation and then to to, to your role at uh, GSK like like how, how was that was it was it straightforward is it pretty easy or is it uh kind of nerve-wracking <laughs> and, and challenging
1: yeah um I'll preface this because it's this- This is a comment or a question I get from a lot of folks. Uh, They ask how long I took to do my degree. Mm -hmm. I took five years. I took a full five years to do my degree. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's no shame in that at all. I hear a ton of first-year students saying to me that they don't want to take extra classes or they don't want to do a co-op because they're afraid that their degree is going to take more than four years. Mm -hmm. But most people take more than four years to complete a degree at U of T. So right off the bat, I'll say absolutely no shame in taking a longer degree than four years. And I encourage everybody to do it. Right.
0: I think I heard a stat somewhere where the average is like five or six years. Uh, and so yeah. it's even clo- more closer to the six years uh, for folks to complete it. And, and that's uh, assuming that people even complete a degree, right? <laughs> but yeah, yeah so yeah. definitely no shame in, in, in taking uh, longer.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I encourage it. I think it's better to take, take your time with your undergrad degree. Sure. Yeah. So um, in terms of my journey, in first and second year, that was me really grinding out my academics, just trying to, you know, trying to keep a good GPA uh, while also being involved in some social activities and some clubs. And first and second year, Ellie was definitely thinking that she was going to eventually do her master's degree and become a Ph.D. researcher and have publications, et cetera. Um, the spoiler alert is that that didn't happen, um, <laughs> but that was all I knew. I knew that you could do medical school or nursing school or get your PhD and become a professor. So I thought that I didn't really see myself in medical school. So therefore, the reasonable option was to become a professor.
0: Sure.
1: Again, there's way more than just those, those few career paths, but that's all I knew. And then in in between my second and my third years, when I started uh, volunteering and working in a research laboratory, and that's when I, you know, I realized that I really liked working in a team, and I liked working alongside other people. Um, was the actual nitty gritty and day to day work associated with research pleasurable to me? Not as much. Mm-hmm. So that was the first kind of inkling that, huh, <laughs> maybe research is not actually my destiny. Right. Um, fast forward to third year university, and I'm thinking, now it's time for my co-op. I really want to understand what it is. Um, what what are my other options? And around that time, I had learned that there's this whole side of the universe I didn't know, which was the industry. And what I mean by the industry is all the companies uh, that do things like produce medicines, produce medical devices, um, run tests, uh, produce equipment for hospitals, etc. A whole world I didn't know about. And so I really wanted to get my feet into that world. And that's when I started a 16-month co-op term at Sanofi Pasteur. So I was at Sanofi Pasteur in their analytical research and development department, uh, which means that I was still doing R&D, but it was in the context of uh, vaccines research, which was very Mm -hmm. interesting. Uh, Finished that and I realized, oh, I like the industry. The industry is cool. I actually don't have to become a professor. Look at that. And that's when I went back to school uh, finished my degree, and applied for the Masters of Biotechnology program. Um, and again, spoiler alert, I did I did get in, and that's that's <laughs> what I'm uh, finishing up right now, but I'll pause to see what questions you have about my journey so far.
0: Well, it was more like, how, how does the uh, time at, at GSK come in? So, uh, well, I think it's, it's good and eye-opening, what I took from that is um, really focused, folk- try to get experience doing what you plan on doing when you graduate, right? So that second, third year experience in research, even though it was volunteer, it was great exposure and that aha moment is kind of like, well, if you're gonna to commit to this for the next 30, 40 years, you should probably try it first, right? Uh, it's like going in and, and buying a like, a, I don't know, a, a giant um, car, a container full of a, a, a snack food, uh, without ever having tried it. And then you try the first bite and you're like, oh man, I don't like this. And I just bought a giant uh, container full of this stuff. So, so it's probably good to you to uh, get some experience, but, um, in regards to the, the journey out and in between, so you're taking your master's right now, but you mentioned you're at GSK. So how does that happen?
1: Yeah. Um, I should explain that in the way that my master's of biotech program works. We call it mBiotech, okay? So how mBiotech works is that you do a rigorous two semesters of full course work. So you're just a student for two semesters. Mm. Um, That's like the summer and the fall semester. And then you transition into your co-op term. um, And that's when I became an intern at GSK. And while I was an intern, I was still doing uh, some classes for mBiotech. So I completed a one year internship at GSK and I was able to actually transition from being an intern to being a uh, permanent employee, which is where I'm at right now. And so I do work a full time job and I've got one class left to complete um, in my mBiotech degree. And it works together really wonderfully because my class is in the evening, so I can be my full self at work and after work hours is when I go back into student mode, at least for a little bit. And I'm working towards graduating in April 2021. So the wonderful thing is the MBiotech program is built in such a way that you are expected to complete at least your one year internship and then as most students do, go on to either uh, full-time permanent work or they get an extension on their contract. Um, they're expected to, you know, keep on working and then have one one or two classes in the evening to complete. So that's it cool. works together really wonderfully, like the work and the class all meshes together.
0: Cool. So it's more of a function of the of the program itself, where you're actually working and uh, doing some of the coursework just to finish off it. That's, that's yeah. great. Yeah. Uh, what about future aspiration. So, I mean, whatever you know, (laughs) because I don't know how far in the future you plan, Uh, but now that you've graduated, you're a full-time job, uh, that's kind of the the gold standard of any student where uh, like before I graduate, I have a job, yay. Like, uh, and and I don't have to worry about it, Uh, but but, but what's next? Uh, How how far in the future are you thinking? Because eventually you'll be done your course and then now you'll be kind of free and clear. Is there a PhD (laughs) in the works or is there something else or or, uh, what else are you thinking?
1: Yeah, certainly. That's a great question. I'm not planning to pursue my PhD because that doesn't align with, you know, where I am right now and the goals that I have. Um, I think a PhD is absolutely fabulous for a lot of people's goals. And I certainly encourage people to to still think about that, um, even if they do have a full-time job. But I would say that for myself, where I do want to grow is continue to grow in the pharmaceutical industry. I would love to keep on expanding my knowledge because I realize that the more I learn, the more that there is to know <laughs> yeah. um, where I am in regulatory right now is that I help to get new drugs approved and I, I help to expand patients access to medicines that we already have approved. And so where I'd like to go with that is to keep on exploring how I can make a make a good impact on patients lives um, by thinking about things like how how can we launch this product, the most effectively. Or how can we make sure that the greatest uh, number of patients have access to this medicine so definitely want to keep on exploring keep on growing um, keep on expanding my leadership. Um, So mm, I don't think I'm going to be doing more formal education Mm -hmm. as in another degree, um, but certainly I'm a lifelong learner and I'm very, very committed to keeping on, you know, growing, learning and improving my skills as I already exist in the industry that I'm in now.
0: That's awesome, and so thanks for sharing kind of your journey at least at a high level, and and hopefully in future episodes we'll be able to kind of dig deeper because I'm sure folks would be interested to well if if I'm looking at these other areas like how do I find out more because obviously you went into one one area but the industry yeah. like medical devices and all sorts of stuff, it, it's it's huge it's this other world oh, yeah. that you, you never know yeah uh, and and maybe some of the other thinking um, uh, there but uh, would you have any kind of swipe the stuff I wish I knew earlier for yourself so so little. Ellie, young L.E., in whatever high school, university, or wh- wherever it makes most sense, like what, what uh, advice would you have for your younger self and, and kind of the younger selves that are listening to you right now? <laughs> that might be a yeah. different situation.
1: Great. Um, in terms of stuff I wish I knew earlier, um, like I said, uh, the department I work in is called regulatory, and I wish I knew earlier what it was. I <laughs> really had no idea until probably the end of undergrad, I didn't know anything about it so I wish I knew earlier what the options were that you could have as a job that were not just uh, medical school or professor I wish that tactically I was able to learn from more um, people who were adultier adults than I am (laughs) Um, I'm a I consider myself like a demi adult like I, I do know some things but I'm still learning a lot and so I, I just wish that I I had asked more questions and prodded more adultier adults about their careers. Maybe I didn't know the right questions to ask, or I didn't even know I didn't even know who to approach.
0: Right.
1: Uh, so that's, that's definitely something I wish I did.
0: Yeah, I think for, for me, like the book I wrote was stuff I wish I knew earlier. But the original one was uh, what you didn't know you needed to know. But I couldn't come up with a nice acronym for that. So that's mm. kind of that. Where if if you know the questions to ask, sometimes they're challenging to ask, but sometimes they're fairly straightforward, but sometimes you don't even know the question, right? Like yeah. you didn't think to, to, to ask about regulatory, right? Um, are there any other things that, that you'd want to share with kind of a, a, the younger generation?
1: Uh, be open-minded. Okay. You will change. I changed so much between my high school days and my university days, and that's okay. You're not betraying yourself by changing your interests. Mm-hmm. You're not betraying yourself by changing the friend groups that you're in. Um, and you're certainly only doing yourself a favor if you keep an open mind and be committed to growth, changing your opinions with new information that comes in and you know wanting to learn. So be a sponge, absorb all the knowledge that you can, but also be like water, be adaptable and be okay with change. And it's weird, it's weird, it's uncomfortable. Changing is weird and admitting that you're a different person now is kind of a strange situation to find yourself in, but it's okay. We're not static.
0: That, that's great. I think that's some uh, useful advice uh, for those listening. And uh, well, thanks for joining us on the Swike podcast. And hopefully we'll have you back to uh, kind of go a little more in-depth in any one of these because I, I picked out a couple of interesting topics that I think would be worthwhile for some of our audience to, to listen to. So thanks so much, Ellie, for joining us.
1: Thank you so much, Lucky.
0: Thanks for joining us on the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier, the podcast. If you like the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you found this podcast. And if you can give us a review, that would be very appreciated. Feel free to contact me on LinkedIn at Danu, L-U-K-I-D-A-N-U, and the same on most social media platforms. And I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Bye.